We got rookie expectations. We got Chris Carter takes. We have takes on various fruits. It's Twitter Tuesday here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Twitter Tuesday. So if you ever have a question, you can send it to me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL or at LockedOnVikings. And uh, the first question comes from Stu that says, why do you say that you are the first listen of the day when that is never true? So here's the thing. A, if I am your second or third or fourth or whatever listen of the day, we take those. And it can be our little secret. When I say first listen of the day to you, Stu, I mean second listen or whichever one it is. But we take those. Um, look, y'all, it's good to be back, uh, in front of the mic for real. And thank you for putting up with the whisper podcasts of the last week or so. And also hello again to YouTube. I know I've been off of YouTube for the last few days. Um, we're back. We're, we're on the cadence again and we're doing good. Moving on with the mailbag though. Uh, Nate Walton asks one that says, uh, it is February, 2018 and the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. Rick Spielman ends up lost in a portal and suddenly you are the GM. Assuming you don't know what you know now about the players in the draft, what do you do different with the resources we had? Um, okay, so my answer to this, basically, so I, I could, assuming I don't have hindsight, I essentially, that means I have to go back and tell you what my answer to this was in the 2018 offseason, because I disagreed with some of their moves in the 2018 offseason, and I had alternatives that I would have done, and so I kind of feel like I have to take that for better or worse, I just have to tell you what that was. Um, and, and eat what worked and what didn't. Right. So what I would have done first off, I was super out on Kirk cousins. Like right away, I didn't want to go pay the free agent premium. Um, I, I care a lot less about the money now than I did then, but I definitely like, I didn't want like, that was a super inefficient. Like there was a market inefficiency that favored the player there. And I didn't really want any part of that. And I didn't like Kirk cousins, Although uh, the reasons for that have evolved a lot and I was pretty wrong then. And I, it's like evolved into something a lot more coherent now. Um, but I didn't want to go for Kirk Cousins, the free agent quarterback. I wanted to keep Teddy. I wanted to maybe keep Case Keenum if I could have those two compete and then maybe add a rookie to the mix. That was my plan. And so what that would have ended up as since we picked 30th that year, that would have been Lamar Jackson, right? And maybe if they were if they were quarterback needy, there might have been a trade up market because a team like the Ravens might have wanted to leapfrog a little bit more, right? Because they traded up for Lamar Jackson, so they might have tried to leapfrog the Vikings, and there would have been some trading up, and that would have been absolutely fine. So I think what would have ended up happening if I were in charge was they trade up for Lamar Jackson. That's the super pipe dreamy scenario. But assuming I can't do that, my guy was Connor Williams. Oh my god, I wanted Connor Williams. Um, I don't know if he's been like fine for Dallas and that been worked out better than Mike Hughes did. Right. So I think I can still take a lap on that. Um, I, a lot of people really wanted, uh, Will Hernandez. I wanted Connor Williams more. And I think that bore out a little better. I think I can take my victory lap on you all now on that. That's what I would have done. Um, in terms of like setting up quarterbacks, I was super, super hyped on Sheldon Richardson. And the second there was even a sniff of that being a possibility, I wanted it really bad. So I probably still do that. 
Um, but yeah, I would have gone with Teddy case and a rookie. Uh, and if I can't do that, then Connor Williams in the draft. Chris asks what part of the NFL game TV production needs to be added or taken away. So I don't know about like taken away. Uh, here's what I'll say. There is a CBS graphic that needs to die in a volcano and it's their completions graphic. They'll go over like, you know, the last 10 passes from this quarterback and, you know, complete or incomplete and for how many yards, but the, for complete or incomplete, it's just red and green. And so you can have a completion for minus two yards. That's green. And it looks like it was a good play. It's horrible. I hate that graphic. That wasn't a good play. It was minus two yards. Make that thing red, you cowards. Take that away from the broadcast. Add to the broadcast. Steal it from the USFL and the XFL before it, and I think even the AAF did it. The uh, mic on the ref. There were so many moments in the USFL that were like controversial calls, and you got to hear the process of Mike Pereira, who who did this. This He was the head of officiating for the USFL, go, mm. I don't know. I didn't see it. I, I kind of, if I had to guess, I think he was across the line, but I don't think there's enough evidence to overturn it. Let's overturn this. And you could hear him think through it in real time. Um, and he's, it's so good. Like it makes the decision so much more understandable. You can look at it and say, ah, I think I was across. I think he was across the line, but at least I understand your thought process there. And that transparency is awesome, but I don't think the league has the balls to, to do it. Like they're too scared to, ah, yeah, the, the NFL just doesn't have the stones to like be that transparent. Next one comes from Ben Olson, who says, other than week one, which Vikings game should my wife and I attend this year? Um, I assume you're talking about home games. Otherwise I would say, Go to the preseason game in Vegas because Vegas rules and the stadium's really nice and swanky. Or go to Buffalo and watch the Bills game. That should be a really fun game. But for me, when I'm choosing like what game to, or like do London, right? But for me, when I'm choosing like what game would I rather watch? What am I most excited for? It's usually about who's the most exciting opponent to watch. Um, you know, I'm not as interested in like finding the most likely win. Like, okay, yeah, go watch like the uh, Bears or Lions if you want a team that's just like in the pit that they could that they should be really favored against, so you can have the most likely win. But for me, instead, I would rather watch something like Vikings Cardinals because the Cardinals are very fun to watch. They are a cool team that's very fun, and they're inconsistent. And there's problems with them, and you know they they didn't win their division last year, but they're they're, they're always good TV. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott and Trevon Diggs is always really fun to watch. Like he's going to jump the route and it's either going to be a really fun interception or a really cool play for the, the offense. Either way, it's entertaining. Like he's just good TV. So yeah, uh, Cowboys or Cardinals, that would be my, my go. Or you could like try to take full advantage of the, uh, of, of the indoor stadium and go see one in December, like go see, you know, the jets come to play against the Vikings. Um, now there's like a sequence of questions all sort of centering the same idea of like 2022 expectations like in total. So we'll get to those. Uh, but first, let me talk to you about a good old gramble. Of course, you can go gramble on any of those games I just talked about. Any game in the entire 2022 season, those lines are up, baby. You can go find them at betonline.net. I, maybe you should just bet on the win total though, or like where they'll land on the division, um, where who will win the conference MVP odds, stuff like that. Um, you can also bet on golf or tennis or a, a fight 
or MLB, WNBA, all sorts of awesome stuff at betonline.net. You can even uh, use their player prop builder to build all kinds of wacky parlays or bet right in the middle of a game with their live betting apparatus. Uh, All of that and much, much more is available to you right now at betonline.net, where the game starts. So who in the NFL moves the line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On is going to give you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL or wherever you get your podcasts. Really excited for that. But let's move on for now with this mailbag. And the first one comes from Luke Shimshak, who says, do you feel this season will have the same results as the last few seasons? That's a huge question. And to answer it, to give that question its proper due, it would probably take like three shows. But there are a couple of points that come up in the next couple of questions that I think address it really well. So let me circle back to your question, uh, Luke Shimshak, and go to Kurt with two C's, who says, thoughts on going from Zimmer to Donatel, even with the free agency acquisitions. It feels like there's a drop-off that's being overlooked. And that question is answered by the next one, which is from Bruce Johnson, who asks, new systems on both offense and defense. Do you see a transition time, especially in the beginning of the season, as the players continue to figure things out? And will that be a problem? So yes, Bruce, to your question, um, I do see that, and I do think it'll be a problem, but it's a short-term one, right? Because eventually they figure it out, and it's not a thing anymore. But for the time being, there is going to be um, some some kinks, some growing pains, right? Especially with the new defense. So going from Zimmer to Donatel is going to be a really big adjustment for some of the veterans. It's a different role. It's a different terminology. It's different responsibilities. Daniil Hunter is going to be moving around more. Eric Hendricks is going to be doing different stuff. It will be different. That will take getting used to you. Do not step into a new thing day one and expert at it. Even though you work on it at all camp, that's like two months, like including like off season activities and like everything. It's like two months total. How good can you get at something in two months? Right. Versus how good you'll be after like a year, there will be growing pains. And I think there'll be a lot of mental mistakes in the first half of the season. Um, so yes, that will be an issue. And I do think that there will be an initial drop off between Zimmer and, and, and Donatel right now. Zimmer genius defensive mind. Most people agree on that, right? I don't think I have to justify that to you. And so going from him to a disciple of a genius defensive mind in Vic Fangio might have some kind of drop-off. However, th- there's also like a timing aspect to this with like the meta of the league. I hate using that I use that word, the meta, but it's like the, the offenses that you're seeing in the league respond a little bit better to Zimmer defenses than they did when, you know, Zimmer was in his heyday, 15, 16, 17. Um, in today's NFL, that Vic Fangio scheme is a better move. And that's part of why the Vikings hired Donatel, right? That's why they brought in that scheme because Kevin O'Connell was sick of losing to that kind of defense. And, and the kind of offense that O'Connell runs is all over the league, losing to that kind of defense. So let's get that kind of defense. So there's a, a good reason to go to that scheme now. And that might have like some positive impacts, but yeah, there's going to be mental mistakes. There's going to be busts. There's going to be people, you know, open gaps, misfits. Um, it's just, it's going to happen. And you can be, be ready for that. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen, hopefully not in 2023, if the coaches are doing their job and getting things installed right. Um, but week one, it's going to be a little rough, probably, against Aaron Rodgers, all right? So get, get ready for that. <laughs> um, the next, so to go back to Luke Shimshak's question, um, 
Yeah, kinda. I do. I my and I I don't recognize your name, so I'm sorry if you've been listening for a while. But it looks like you might be new. So I'll tell you now. I've kind of been saying all off season. I don't expect them to make the playoffs this year. First year head coach, right? Like that. You you unless something is really unique, you shouldn't. And maybe you could say, well, the Vikings have a more complete roster than most teams that hire a new quarterback or a, a new head coach. Sure, uh, but I don't see that expectation. I have my own problems with sort of the direction that they're taking the team right now and the investment, both resource wise and just like commitment wise that they've put into Kirk cousins and all that stuff. And I, and I, my hypothesis is that it won't work out, but it's just a hypothesis, right? It's just, that's just a theory. Uh, as somebody on the YouTube website likes to say, it's just, it's a guess. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I don't think that that's impossible by any stretch of the imagination. But if I had to put my chips on one square, it probably wouldn't be the one where they win a bunch of playoff games and and, and are an immediate contender just for switching head coaches. I, I don't think it works that way. I, you you got to work a lot harder to get from one coach to the next. There's always going to be growing pains. And those growing pains might sink this year. 2023, I'm going to be a lot more optimistic. But right now, we got to be a little patient and be ready for this to not be a juggernaut right off the bat. Um, I have a whole bunch more questions, but before I get into them, I want to talk to you about your car. Make sure you're taking care of that thing. And you can uh, take care of it by going to rockauto.com. You should have safety supplies in your car. You don't want to get stuck on the side of the road and not have a tire kit. Or, you know, you accidentally left your lights on in the parking lot and now you don't have jumper cables. Get that stuff in your car before you need it. And you can find that stuff at rockauto.com. You can find everything. If you're like a total gearhead, you can find any part. Just, like, make your model and search it out. Like, it's insane. You can find anything, and you know it's compatible with whatever vehicle you're working with. But for, you know, regular folk that just need safety supplies, you can get that stuff there, too. And you're not going to go to a brick-and-mortar auto shop. Those places are going to charge you up, like, 30 50 even 100% more. Why do that? When you can just go to rockauto.com, get the same stuff from the same manufacturers, shipped conveniently to your door, and uh, you can help Rock Auto. They are a family-run business. They've been doing this online forever. Uh, they are exactly what you're looking for if you're trying to save a buck on car maintenance. That is at rockauto.com. And in the How You Heard About a section at checkout, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, the rabbits will commit more crimes and I'll have to go on the run again. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Got a couple real fun questions here of this Twitter Tuesday mailbag to get to. The first of them comes from Dylan, who says, Do you think Justin Jefferson keeps the gritty as his touchdown celebration, or does he switch it up this year? Seems, looks like he's going to still gritty. I think the gritty's still enough of a phenomenon, and I think he's still getting enough of a kick out of being like the gritty guy. But I think as he gets older, eventually, he will be sick of being the gritty guy. Um, it is more of an LSU thing than a Viking thing. And as he gets, you know, more further removed from LSU, college gets further and further in the rearview mirror. He might want to come up with his own celebration. But I think for now, it's going to be the gritty. Wouldn't be surprised to see a switch up some point at some point in his career. Uh, MN Hopes asks, what role could a 5-1-5 play in our defense? Hunter, Watts, Phillips, Tomlinson, Smith, and then Kendricks as the one, right? So you basically say five defensive linemen, one back. I think that you could probably call that like a base defense a lot of the time. Um, and then like a nickel would be, well, that it would be, yeah, like a, like a run heavy nickel, I guess. Right. Cause it five, two would be the base defense. 
um, where you'd have those five guys you said, and then Kendricks and Hicks, Jordan Hicks, and then four defensive backs. That would be your like base against like 12 personnel or whatever. But uh, the, uh, the five, one, five nickel is it's interesting. I think it could be a very particular counter to teams like the Rams, um, I do not believe we don't play the Rams this year, do we? I don't think we do. No, we don't. Um, but teams like them uh, that have that want to bring out, you know, heavier wide receiver sets and still run out of it, you know, or like shotgun heavy run teams, option teams like this might be helpful against the Cardinals that want to come out with a bunch of speed, but then also still have a running game based on like Kyler Murray options that could be really useful there because you think about it. You've got speed on the field in your, in your nickel because you've got an extra D back out there. So you have a speed package, but you also have size. Um, it was kind of a, a Vic Fangio thing to put, to go five, one, five. And that one is just like a C ball, get ball trained dog that, you know, sometimes I was a undrafted free agent um, that, you know, you're not asking them to make complex reads. You're not asking them to wear the green dot or do anything. You're just asking, follow the thing, and it's like play the drill on Madden, right? Um, so yeah, that in in like Staley's schemes and Fangio and some Fangio's ilk, that role has been really easy. So what I'm really curious to see is in that five one five, and I do think we'll see it. What do you do when that player is Kendricks, who's capable of so much more than that easy role? How do you maximize it? And that is a question that I'm not smart enough to answer, but I'm pretty sure there is one. Um, and I'm not smart enough to answer it without seeing what I'm going to have to just look, flip to the back of the book, i.e. I. wait to the season and see what the Vikings do. But I do think that they will find some way to make Eric Kendricks like to use his all of his skill set instead of just asking him to do the same thing that they asked an undrafted guy to do in Denver. Um, that would obviously be like a waste of Kendricks. Uh, next one comes from Shoot That S, who asks which rookie not named Lewis Seen would be someone that, if they made a surprising impact, could move the needle for the Vikings in terms of win total. Okay, so a rookie, if they were surprising and really good, uh, how does that move, move the needle? So Seen would be a big one, but I actually don't think he'd be the biggest one. So if somebody would, were to make a surprising impact, like Andrew Booth would be a huge one. I think if Andrew Booth was a superstar and Lewis Seen was just okay, that's probably a better outcome than the other way around. Um, because if you just have a lockdown outside corner, it just opens up so much for any defense. It just makes you capable of so much. Um, would be great to get like some awesome production out of guard, like Ed Ingram, um, and then, yeah, you know, beyond that, like get something great out of a Caleb Evans, right? If he suddenly is like a superstar, that's like kind of the same thing as if Andrew Booth is. Um, so, you know, give me that or Jalen Naylor would be really interesting. Um, you know, you could go really four wide if he was really good and you have like Thielen, Jefferson, Osborne, Naylor, and, uh, you know, s switch in like BC Johnson or whatever when you're, uh, when someone gets tired, that would be pretty sick. But I think I'm going to go with, like, a corner. Either of the corners would be the one that really has the impact. And then, like, Seen and Ingram after them. Uh, Donkey Teeth asks, will the season be over if they lose their annual Super Bowl against the Packers week one? Nobody season's over week one. Come on. Come on. Is this your first time watching football? Nobody season's over after week one. And they probably will lose week one. Like, they're not going to be favored, uh, even though they're at home. 
the Packers are very good, and the Vikings will be in their first game with like a whole bunch of new stuff. They're going to make a bunch of mistakes, and Aaron Rodgers is going to punish them. It's okay. We have a little patience. Long season. Long season. We're not doing this the season's over after one loss. Don't do that. Uh, Vikings Burner account asks, with how bad the preseason was last year and how that bad the season started, how much do you weigh the quality of this year's preseason? And then a second part, if Mond actually plays QB this time, do you gain any more optimism for the new staffers? That's just gravy. Uh, I'll do the second part first. So Mond did play quarterback last time. Or, or do you mean like he, if he plays like true quarterback? Because he played a very limited quarterback last time where they had very limited reads for him and it was very clear that like he could only handle so much of the playbook. Um, and he missed a bunch of camp and stuff. So it was like, you know, part of that, but it was very clear that they, there were only a couple of tools in his box by the time he actually had to go out and play preseason. And he was very behind. Um, so yeah, if he's operating a more complex offense in the preseason, that's a good sign for sure. Um, but yeah, for the first part, we, you're not looking for how good the team is in preseason. You know, you're not looking for who did the best EPA. You're not looking for preseason wins or anything like that. You know, you could point to all sorts of infamous examples. My favorite is the 0-16 Lions team went 4-0 in the preseason. Uh, <laughs> you're not looking for that. In the preseason, you're for me, primarily the way I cover the preseason is you're looking for who's going to make the team, right? You're covering position battles. You're going, yeah, well, you know, I think this guy took a leg up on that guy and they're competing over the same roster spots. So, you know, I think uh, maybe, right? That's where we're noticing, hey, Kenny Willekes was like pretty good. I think he might actually make this team. That's what you're really looking. You're looking more at individuals unless it like team result, like team level results in the preseason are so noisy because you've got guys, you know, you've got no Nobody's playing their more interesting scheme stuff, right? Nobody's showing any interesting cards. So it's all mega vanilla and the defenses are mega vanilla. So it's like not really simulating what you're going to see in the season. Half the players didn't play last year. If you remember, like they kept a lot of players out of the preseason entirely. So it's like, yeah, of course the backups got killed by everybody's starters. Like, sure. But it's like the same thing goes for them. So like good preseason also can't be that helpful because you're up against like half of their starters and they're playing vanilla stuff. Don't worry about team level success. Worry about individuals and battles, who's winning the start and stuff like that. Um, but like very famously, quarterbacks will test things and throw a bunch of interceptions in camp and in the preseason because they're trying to figure out what they can get away with and they're trying to lock down timings. You know, the preseason is is used for practice. It's used to get a rhythm, to get things going, you know, to get uh, kinks worked out. So you kind of almost want to see him get a bunch of penalties in the preseason. So that's like, okay, that now that happened when it doesn't count, right? So that they can be a little bit cleaner when it does. But I wouldn't put too much stock into if the preseason's bad. Um, East Coast Vikings fan asks, would Chris Carter have been as successful as Jerry Rice if he had the talent and stability at the QB position that Rice had? I don't think this was a very controversial yes. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty emphatic yes. Um, Jerry Rice was great. Chris Carter, or, uh, yeah, Jerry Rice was great. Chris Carter wasn't quite as great. I will still defend to the death that Randy Moss was, is the goat. Um, I'm sorry. He broke the sport. I mean, he just warped space and time, like in a way that like Jerry Rice was great and an all time great for a very long time. But I do see him more as a Chris Carter type. He was a, he was a traditional wide receiver. Randy Moss was an alien. Um, I digress. Yeah. I think if you, put Chris Carter on Joe Montana teams instead of like Rich Gannon teams. Yeah. Right. Like the production goes up and his production wasn't that far behind Jerry Rice's. So I think you could probably say that they'd be on a pretty similar level. Like you don't have to do a lot. Like Jerry Rice is better than Chris Carter, 
but I don't think you have to do a lot to even that out, and giving him Joe Montana is more than enough. Um, CJ Sports asks, anything good or bad for Caleb Evans? Um, I, so I got a bunch of questions like this about, like, oh, how's this guy look? How's that guy look? We, we haven't seen anything. Like, OTAs were much more about learning the playbook, and everything was at a slow pace, and there's a lot of walkthrough type stuff. Like, you can't evaluate anybody yet. Um, but, hey, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it on, uh, on camp. Cousins Goat asks, Case Cookus to back up Kirk? Okay, unironically, yes. Absolutely. He was bawling in the USFL. And I know it's great because he's the guy with the funny name and it's the meme on Twitter. But that dude was killing it. And he was gritty and he was throwing blocks on like end around runs. And he was like th- heaving touchdowns. He didn't play quite enough games because he didn't start the season as the starter. Um, he was awesome, and it's super tragic that he got hurt in the championship game, but he genuinely deserves another shot in the NFL, and I would love to see the Vikings take it. He did not get a true shot when he was here the first time. He was in practice for two days, and I'm pretty sure he only actually like threw in drills like a couple times. He was mostly just a handoff machine so that the running backs could do their drills because the Vikings, all the Vikings quarterbacks were on the COVID list, and they literally didn't have anyone to hand off. Hand off. So he didn't really get like a true shot. Like there was nothing to evaluate him on while he was in camp. He was literally just a warm body. Um, but I think he does deserve that true shot. I would love to see the Vikings take it. Um, yes, absolutely. And I'm definitely not just saying that because of the funny meme about his name. Uh, Yannick Eckhart asks, which Vikings offensive lineman would be best in the Trent Williams OT in motion play. So you might remember this one from, I think that the 49ers actually used it against us in our game against them. Um, but they had Trent Williams basically pull across the formation and become a lead blocker. Um, Christian Derrissaw did the same thing, more or less, a little bit the same thing uh, in college, Virginia. So it's him. Uh, Cleveland would probably be good at it too. I wouldn't mind Bradbury as it. I mean, he certainly can scoot in space. So um, that whole left side seems like... But Derrissaw has kind of a lot of proof of concept of that role on tape. So it's it's Derrissaw. A uh, guy asks, why do you hate yourself by covering the team? I, I don't hate myself. Do you hate yourself for, for being a Vikings fan? No, I love, love being a Vikings fan. The pain is part of it. You know, sports are fun because they hurt you, because they can hurt you. So then when they don't, it's that much more happy, right? Uh, Rasta Pasta asks, what's your favorite land animal? Domestic pets don't count. Going to have to slam Snow Leopard on that, I think. Um, big fluffy tail. Uh, love the black and white coloring and big kitty is good. Uh, Brandon asks, do you play Madden? Do you think it would be fun if they added a way to make an expansion team? Um, occasionally I play franchise mode Madden and to the second part of your question, hell yeah. When I was a kid, I, uh, and you could create teams. I created 32 teams and subbed them that all subbed every single team out for a creative team and had a franchise mode of all, created teams and that was the best experience i've ever had on madden and then they took create a team out and i haven't had nearly as much fun ever since uh rorschach cousins asks finally what is your favorite berry and what dish do you enjoy said berry in most raspberry for me big raspberry guy um what dish do i enjoy raspberry in compotes because it's so versatile. Like, you can put that on a cheesecake, you could put that on pancakes, but a raspberry compote or, like, a, a multi-berry compote, but I love the raspberry, um, just literally, like, throw it in a pot with some sugar and keep it moving so nothing scorches until it turns into a nice sauce. And it's, like, 
it's something that if you're like serving breakfast to the family or if you're serving breakfast to friends and stuff, like it's such an easy move, but you can call it something. So ooh, a little compote, that little mint leaf. If you got one flying around, you can be like, I garnished. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's gotta be that because that allow that's such a versatile thing. And I almost always enjoy it. But if you make me say an actual dish, probably cheesecake with a raspberry like sauce on top or or like a raspberry cheesecake if it's like swirled in. But I'm not good. We, I don't know how to do that. Um, but like Cheesecake Factory does that kind of thing. So yeah, the raspberry cheesecake. That's going to be my my dish that I enjoy berries in the raspberries in the most. Uh, so <laughs> tomorrow, um, well, a couple things. Tomorrow we will be back probably to history, um, but maybe something more modern. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens. This Saturday, keep an eye on my Twitter account, right? At Luke Brown NFL. Just going to put that out there. And as always, it's cool.